Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This, this, this is an Intel Studios production. Recording. Great. What's quite nice mm-hmm. is that if we record the podcast like this, mm-hmm. you have to be really near me. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Your face is like really mm, near me. It's pretty close. I'm, yeah. I'm 12 inches away, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Is it okay to w- work in inches these days or do you have to work in centimetres? About 30 uh, centimetres. There are certain things that I have to go um, Are you metric. a mixed bag? Yeah, I'm a mixed bag. It's not good, I is do, it? No, it's hopeless. How much do you weigh? Oh, well, I it's taken me five years mm-hmm. to convert. I weigh 62 kilos. Do you? Yes. I weigh nine stone ten. Yes, I, I've converted very slowly. It's been incredibly difficult. Do you know what nine stone ten is in kilos? <clears throat> Probably um, 60, 61, 60, 61. I weigh mm. more than you do. I think you do. I think mm. you're, um, you're packing a bit more yeah, beef than me. No, just don't <laughs> um, hello, everybody. Welcome to Making the Cut with me, Michael Douglas. And me, Davina McCall. We are recording. In bed. <laughs> yeah. This is a mobile recording. We have a mobile recording unit. We should recommend, really. It's called a Tascam. DR. I can't hear you anymore. I know, I was just moving it away there. It was called a Tascam DR40X. And we're using the external microphones. And you've got some lovely headphones on so you can hear what's going on. Yes, and this week our podcast is going to be a little bit different. So we've started it in bed, but we are leaving for Spain today to go to uh, Estepona to film a new TV show, which we won't tell you about until we've got permission to do so. But it's for Channel 4 and we're very excited gonna miss our families though a lot right oh yeah we're in spain for two and a half weeks yes yeah that's it's gonna, gonna be, be quite, quite difficult but brutal um facetime yeah there'll be lots of that so, yeah we will uh be inspiring you with lots of different things to watch see hear and eat and taste and do uh but on our journey yeah so we're, we're leaving in about an hour you made me a crumpet this morning when you make me a crumpet mm. Um, what you do is you make yours first, it would seem, and then mine. No. And I get a residual honey on my crumpet. No, from I, yours. I licked the knife clean and then... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I spread your butter first. Yeah. Then I put my butter on. Yeah. Then I put my honey on. Yeah. Then I licked your knife, my knife clean yeah. and cut your crumpet in you half. You cut it. Well, no, but I licked it clean. It's all very... This is not a criticism. I'm saying I like it because I, I don't actually like honey. But I licked but the knife and then cut your okay. crumpet. So How I've bad got, is that? I've got your saliva <laughs> and a small amount of honey on the cut <laughs> of the crumpet. It's just the right amount for is me. Is it? So if you could just continue doing that okay. for me, that's fine. Oh, good. You liked it then? Yeah. I mean, oh, I good. generally... Something about honeys that aftertaste I really don't like. Really? But, yeah. But I think really? I, I thought, yeah, there's something about I, it. I've never met anybody in the world that doesn't like honey. Yeah, well, 
Wow. You have learned something new about me. Wow. Um, for the last three or four weeks, I've been lacking sugar in my house. So I just haven't had any. Oh, this and every is time funny. I go, every time I go and buy some, um, I, I forget. I buy a million other things, but never buy the sugar. So yeah. I've been drinking coffee with maple syrup in it for the last three weeks. <laughs> I, the first sad. time I did that was absolutely delightful. I was like, really? this is the future. So sure a little, I can get that. You only need a splash because it's so sweet. And I mm. love maple syrup anyway. Okay. But yesterday I was like... I cannot drink another cup of coffee with maple syrup. So I went to my neighbour's house, Tammy, and I said, please have some sugar. Her and her mate Dave. Her Not mate. Her mate. Dave, yeah. Her and her fella Dave. They're very healthy. They don't have sugar in the house. They're all Did they have sugar? vegetarians. She said, once I baked a cake, and I might have some old sugar knocking about. <gasps> well, they're, they're that sugar-free. I might have some free. old sugar knocking about. Yeah. Wow. So they gave me, I said, do you want this back? And she went, nope. <gasps> I said, if you want a cake, I'll buy you a cake. You know, you don't need a bake one. You get them from the shop. If if they want a cake, we'll bake them a cake yeah. for that. That was very nice of them, very neighbourly. <sighs> I had coffee with sugar in it. Oh, oh was it good? God. Was it? I'd forgotten how good it tastes. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, something about sugar, isn't there? I told you, I think we, we watched that documentary about it. The shape of the sugar molecule fits perfectly in, into the receptor in your mouth. Yes. Which is why you love it. Yes. When kids eat sugar for the first time, it's like, well, what? What, uh, what was that? Do you remember when your kids had sugar for Yeah. Kids? When? It would probably have been a piece of ice cream or something like that as a kid. But I remember the reaction. Yeah, they and their got from face. They, they look at you like, oh, thank you. Yeah, why have I've you been keeping home. this from yeah. me? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I can't remember the last time I had, but I used to have three sugars in my tea. Mm. And rather than cutting down bit by bit, which felt like ripping off a plaster hair by hair, I did what I've classically always done and just went cold turkey. You cut it out altogether. Cut it out altogether. I'm an eight cups of tea a day person. And to try and... I mean, suddenly I went down to two cups of tea a day because my tea mm. was no longer pleasurable. But then after two weeks, mm -hmm. three weeks, didn't notice. It's funny, and now, it? just, yeah. if I have, if there's a quarter of a teaspoon mm. of sugar in my tea, I'm like... Ugh. But I think that's probably why I can taste the honey on the crumpet yes. because I'm, it's out of context for me. I don't Even do sweet. I've and licked crumpet. it off. Mm. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not recommending maple syrup in your coffee. Stick to sugar. It's good for about a week, and that's about it. Can I get dressed? Uh, that would be a great idea. Yes. Okay. Okay. We'll speak to you shortly. Um, hello again. Well, hello. Uh, we've moved. You've well, I'm got... dressed. <laughs> I mean, that makes a change. <laughs> <laughs> People can have this vision uh, of me yes. doing this podcast yes. naked now for the rest of their lives. Um, so we're in the British Airways Lounge at Terminal 5. Yeah, get us. I know. We've changed. Right? We're being flown a club class yeah. on this particular job, which is nice, isn't it? Very nice. Uh, so we've ordered breakfast. You're getting scrambled eggs on toast with sourdough. It's my go-to breakfast. You only like one slice of sourdough, though. One slice and if you get two slices, what do you do with the other slice? To be I put some jam, well, some butter and some conserves on it, either honey or marmalade. You've gone marmalade mad recently. I have gone marmalade mad. Well, Auntie Becca, yeah. my Auntie Becca made me some marmalade mm. and it felt rude not to because obviously marmalade is full of sugar. Yeah. It's the best thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> I was thinking, this is a brand like Auntie Becca's. You know Aunt Bessie's Yorkshire puddings? Yes. Auntie, Auntie Becca's, Becca's marmalade, marmalade is like a thing because <clears throat> it's really, really good. Uh, well, I'll see if I can get some marmalade because if they bring you two slices of toast, I know what to do with the other. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so um, we're going to keep recording on this little journey into Spain. Yeah. Um, you have got a really great recommendation, which I I think is a brilliant idea, and I'm slightly irritated that I didn't have it. Um, because I'm fully on board with this whole setup. But um, tell us a bit about this guy, first of all. Okay, so a long. Yes, thank you. Here we go. Thank you very much. Two oranges, two oranges. Very nice. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Oranges. Someone's just brought some orange juice, and on the same tray, she had two glasses of champagne. What is it about airports? Yeah, the main people drink from the minute they get there, doesn't matter what time it is. It's 10 a.m. in the morning. People are like, yeah, lager, champagne, vodka. I got I got a flight once mm-hmm. for long lost family to Spain, and firstly, pre lockdown. So firstly, mm-hmm. it was an eight thirty flight, and everyone on the plane was drinking alcohol. Every, wow. every single person. And then, when we got to Spain, mm-hmm. no one checked my passport. Oh really? I walked straight through. Oh. Anyway. Different Remarkable. times. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, this guy got in touch with me. He's a, he's a very, very old historical friend of mine called Alan Howard. And he was um, a producer mm-hmm. um, at MTV 30 years ago. And he basically was the man that called me after I'd done my screen test for MTV, where I'd wanted to work for three years. I'd been annoying them for three years mm-hmm. with screen, like... Um, tapes and like just really really tenaciously being annoying a mosquito and alan howard was the one that called me to say you've got the job wow yeah and we worked together we we had the best fun Mm -hmm. for years and years it was an amazing exciting place to work anyway so just to go back to that moment yes did you think my life might change forever now no Oh, you just thought, no, I just oh my thought, God, I've got the job, I'm going to go is, do it. This is all I've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. I just luxuriated in the just yeah, yeah. amazing... Achievement. Achievement. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I didn't think that my life would change forever. In fact, I was convinced that I wanted it. I'd wanted it for so long and so badly mm-hmm. that it was all going to be taken away from me at any moment. So yeah. I stayed working at Models One. Yeah for another year trying to do both jobs at the same time just in case one, one yeah. got pulled from and you. then for five years I used to go into Models 1 occasionally and check the models mm-hmm. in just so I could remember how to do it when it all went wrong <laughs> like but you know Models 1 were really sweet I always yes. said to them is my job still open for me and they were like yeah 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 your job's still open so you had backup essentially um, I you had always backup. had backup because it's quite funny because you hear about people who are so single minded that they let everything else go no that wasn't me and the metaphor is they put all their eggs in one basket and love that basket I love yes this is perfect thank you that's for me thank you one slice of toast sorry the scrambled egg looks amazing it's half a slice of toast you've got there what? we're going to eat and then reconvene Oh, breakfast was good, wasn't it? Very nice. Just what I needed, yeah. yeah. Um, so, just going back to what you were talking about there, I heard you talking to a young person once about how you made it successful. Yes. And uh, you used one word to describe it. Do you remember what that was? No. Tenacity. Oh, I, do you know what? You I was going to say, say I was going to say it, and I thought I'm going to have it wrong, yeah, so I didn't yeah. say it. That's terrible, isn't it? Fear of failure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tenacious. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Um, Be as annoying as a mosquito, mm. 
because at one point I um I'd I had one telephone number. I did a job for MTV mm. when I was um, 21, and I was asked to entertain all the famous people from Victoria train station to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the way back, I didn't have to entertain them because the idea was that they'd all be so mullered that they wouldn't eat. they'd be self-entertaining. Yes, absolutely, yeah. But on the way there, everyone was a bit dry. Mm-hmm. So I did this job, and it was one of the best jobs I've ever done in my life, which sparked this need to work at MTV at any cost. And I thought, I need to get a telephone number of somebody from MTV. Mm-hmm. That poor person got so annoyed with me that they were like... <laughs> Here's another telephone number at MTV. Please stop calling me. So then I just started <clears throat> annoying the next person, Mike Kaufman. Okay. Still a friend of mine. Um, so you because, being annoying. And when someone is annoying with me, mm-hmm. where were we? Oh, yesterday. Yes. A Sun journalist. Yes. So I was at this Sun event. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of Sun journalists there. Yeah. All of them wanted to talk to me. But there was one woman who just followed me around for, I don't know, five minutes, just going, I said, I've got to go over here to film something. She said, she said I'll walk with you and talk to you at the same time. Yeah, and I, I thought, I saw her. But I thought, oh, I really like you. Like, mm-hmm. that is tenacious. Yes. She's not just going to go, okay, don't worry. Mm-hmm. She walked and talked with me, and I gave her the interview, and <clears throat> well done her. Yeah. Like, and I said to her at the end of it, well done you, because mm. you didn't give up. Yeah. And... Um, you were tenacious. Well, I, I always I, reward tenacity. Yeah, well I, well, I overheard you saying that one day, and I've used that story many, many times. Oh. Um, so if anybody's listening and they're unsure about what they want to do with their life, or they do know what they want to do, mm. but they're afraid, mm. the trick is just to keep banging on the door. Yeah. Right? Well, that you did that too. Yeah, yeah, I have. And of course you get rejected time and time and time and again. But pick yourself up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good work. So this guy, Alan, so Alan is calls you open, a lovely goes, guy. You got the job. Uh, it, he says you've got the job. Brilliant. So we stay friends forever, right? We yeah. have the best time filming for MTV. Mm-hmm. We were very, very blessed to work at MTV in in the golden age of. Um, yeah, you know, they I didn't. Mean, they didn't pay us a ton of money, but they had tons of money to go on amazing trips. Mm. And I went to. We went everywhere together, me and Alan. Anyway, we even went and shot for a week at Club Med. We had to go and work at Club Med for a week. <laughs> Just having the best time ever. Okay, that was great. it. That was it. Anyway, he starts this business um, called TalkingFamilyAlbumCompany.com. And his, um, he decided to film with mm-hmm. his years and years of producer expertise, yeah. uh, his mum, but shot in a really, really nice way, edit it together and basically make uh, a record of all the family stories, mm-hmm. Um, with you know he's got a template of all the questions to ask um, everything that you want to sort of get to know and everything and obviously he's an expert producer so it's edited in the most beautiful way Mm -hmm. and she did die in 2020 but he's got this amazing record Mm. for himself and his kids and his grandkids and his great grandkids to see forever because it does disappear. I think when Pippi died, mm-hmm. there are so many stories that I remember bits of, but I can't quite clearly remember them. And I didn't record it. Yeah. It's very frustrating. So actually having a physical memory mm-hmm. of them talking and describing things, I wish I'd done it with my sister. And he said, once he'd done that with his mum, he really <laughs> wished he'd done it with his dad. Mm-hmm. And 
then friends of his started saying oh my god it's such a good idea can you do it for me and then he thought actually do you know what I'm going to start a business this is this is a business idea but what I want to say to you guys at um on uh, Mm. listeners of making the cut is that we've got a little bit of a, a an exciting thing because this is a brand new fledgling company and um he's offering amazing discounts to anybody now because he needs clients to show people yep what he can do and um, to spread the word and in order to get clients he wants to do everything at a very discounted rate but the amazing amazing thing is there are three options on here okay so he's got this diy option Mm -hmm. which is you follow a tutorial online he's done this amazing tutorial step by step with um, literally holding your hand through how to make one of these yourself and that's um, on the website okay and that is completely free. And you can just go and watch that. You can that. just go and watch so, that. What I would say about that is that if you're just interested in making TV, just watch that anyway, right? Because yeah. it's going to teach you how to do an interview. Yeah. How to set up, probably a couple of yeah. cameras, how to record audio and all that. There's probably, there's loads of yeah. kind of... Really helpful uh, tips in there. Yeah, that's worth its weight in gold, I would have thought. Option two... Mm-hmm is they do absolutely everything. So there's a little camera set up at home or wherever the person who's doing the talking feels the most comfortable. It's an hour-long interview. They use the same equipment as they actually film TV programs on, like Mm -hmm. it's the best of the best equipment. And then they, I mean, they are so lovely. They just put the family member at ease and kind of, you know, he's just, he is an absolute connoisseur at this kind of stuff. And they... They have an amazing chat about memories and um, and then what was post-war Britain like, what was coming to this country like for the first time, or holidays, whatever. And that's discounted. I mean, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Edited and everything, 1,200 quid. Blimey. I mean, I proper mean, cameras. Yeah. Edited, sound, everything, yeah. 1,200 quid. It is remarkable that I want to talk about this in a minute. So and we'll do option three, and then we'll option three is that they do some of the work. So okay. that's an option for clients who followed the shooting guide, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got you've gone online and you've seen that, and then you can give them the interview filmed on your phone along with the photographs. So there's photographs and interview, and they intercut it all, and they use the same equipment that they um, edit, mm-hmm. like TV programs on. Um, and then they add things like animated photo moves, which oh, is wow, really yes. amazing. Great. And music, mm-hmm. um, which is very stirring. Mm-hmm. And it could be music of your choice if you wanted. And graphics and stuff with name straps. So everybody yeah. in the video is named. And that yeah. is £600. Wow. So you guys, get get on it. Record your family. I'm definitely, definitely yes. going to um, do this um, with Gabba, I think, yeah. um, and Becca, I think mm. we should sit them both down and get a really good chat with them. I've oh, lost, I've the missed pair the of them with my dad. Yeah. The pair of them yeah. would be brilliant, wouldn't they? Yeah. And I'd like to get Uncle Simon mm-hmm. yeah. um, and Auntie Neve to do it. Like, I'd, I basically want to do everybody, but listen, <laughs> you guys, you should take advantage of this talkingfamilyalbumcompany.com. They're amazing. Um, first of all, shooting it yourself is a great idea. Yes. Because I, I recorded my gram recently, only in audio. I just put my voice memos down and recorded a conversation that was an hour long between me and her. And I listened back to it. Oh, oh you've played God. me bits of that. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's just... And my gram's 93, so I know time is of the essence here, really. But the idea of having an actual video interview with my gram, 
just be fantastic mm. and with my mum and mm. with my dad I think the other thing that's worth mentioning at this point is when you point a camera at somebody you know this is that they open up in a way that they wouldn't yes. open up in any other circumstances mm. so you know alright I did my gram with a, a voice memo thing but there's something about like a person's opportunity to say to what speak. they want to say mm. the thing they've wanted to say their whole lives weirdly you put a camera on them and it pours out of them in a way that you would not yes. expect so you might think oh I could do this myself but actually having a proper professional team there will open up the side of the yes. person being interviewed in a way mm. that you won't be able to do and I know it's mm. expensive but if you did go for the full option mm. it makes them feel very special yeah you know, it's oh, like a proper God. film crew. It's well, like thought, uh, really exciting. Uh, your like your a, mum and your granny would like freak. I mean, a Christmas present or a birthday present. Yeah. it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. but um, it's a it's a no brainer. And I know twelve hundred pounds seems expensive, but actually, it's um, it's not expensive. Well, in right? terms of a piece of historical content for your yeah. family going forward for the rest the of your life. Wow. Yeah, but not only that. You know, if you've got two guys, two cameras, an edit oh, suite, lighting, I mean, the equipment, what you're getting for it is ridiculous. Rate. Yeah, it's ludicrously cheap. So I know you might think it's a bit expensive, but maybe you could club together as a family and do something mm. like that. Um, this isn't a sponsorship ad or anything. No. I'm just very excited about yeah. this as an idea. It's a brilliant business idea. Um, thank you. This is one it's of my favourite recommendations. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's right up there with tile. <laughs> which I've used six times today already um, great okay um, let's cut uh, and let's go shopping great um, WH Smith let's buy some masks great I always need a lip salve I lip cannot salve. get on a plane without some yeah, lip balm yeah and I need something minty for plate yes well, I like yeah. a boiled sweet as well yeah I think that comes from the old ear popping well, days well we know that Jolly Rancher we know that can't get Who was it that sent you a lifetime's supply of yes. Jolly Rancher, watermelon Jolly Ranchers? I mean, off the top of my head, you put she me was on the amazing. Spot. She sent us the manuscript. She's amazing. Oh, yes, I know. Got to talk about that. Yes. Um, okay, let's okay. go for a mooch about. Okay, and we'll, speak we'll be to back you very short. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Spain. Yay, hola! <laughs> ¿Qué tal? It, um, it's, a, it's brilliant, isn't it, it? Well, it's just nice to see clear blue skies mm -hmm. and we've got a vision of the sea in front of us, which oh, is very nice. I'm staring at the sea right now. Perhaps I, I could take a photo of what I'm looking at right now for the peoples. Yeah, Here. Can you, oh, it's Here. my phone there. Okay. Um, I've done the all-important all thing when you check into a hotel yeah. abroad. 
created a charging station. Charging station, maybe so, I've seen uh, that. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, that's really good. Let me get a picture of you, and then I'm going to focus on the sea behind you. So you're dark. Not going to focus on me. Well, if I focus, <laughs> if I, I'm joking. If, uh, I'm joking. I know. If I do focus on you, I lose the sea. <laughs> Look at that. that that's quite nice. Oh, oh wow. Really That's the scene Look in the background. That. So if you're, if you're watching this on the Entail app, which I strongly suggest, we haven't given Entail a big plug for a while, actually, no. but this podcast goes out on uh, an app called the Entail app. and It's um, free. It's completely free. And you get loads of additional information and links to everything we talk about in the app as you're listening to it. So, so if you're thinking, oh, that last company, what were they talking about? What were they talking about in that company where you can film your relatives? Mm. There would be a link to the website on the Entail app. And you can save bits of this podcast to yep. a collection. And share it. You know, and then share it with people. So yeah, go, go and have a look at the Entail app. That's a, that's a good recommendation, that, isn't it? Yeah, Entail. That's, <laughs> that's another recommendation right there. Um, very good. So uh, it's my turn, isn't it? Yeah. I've got lots of things I could go at, really. Yeah. First of all, at the airport, I bought a bag of Watsits. It's the first time I bought a bag of Watsits for quite a long time. Actually, um, yeah. it's the first Watsit I've had in a very long time. Yes. And I've had quite a lot of Watsits. Mm-hmm. Fake Watsits. Okay. I call them Watsits. They're like Cheetos and things like They're that. They're just. They get from like, Marks and Spencer's, they aren't they? They look like a Watsit, cheesy, cheesy puffs. Cheesy puffs. They are not Watsits. No. And I, I, I'd forgotten how not Watsits they were until mm-hmm. I'd had a Watsit. Well, I was just going to recommend Watsits to this people. This is not an advert. No, no, but I, I, I haven't had them for a while. And I bought a big bag, a grab bag as they're called. 179 calories in that bag. But it was a big, big bag, right? We did spread those calories between two of us. Over quite a long period of time. Yeah. We had some before the flight, some on the flight, and you have just polished off the rest. No, the rest was one. No, it was not. You are kidding me. Can you stop doing this? You really dumped me in it. Um, They were tasty though, weren't they? They were so good. And also they're like air. Well, I think the funny thing, because I put them in my mouth and I let the saliva do the work. Yes. They they condense down to literally nothing, don't they? They are mainly air. That's what you're buying, a bag of air, It largely. feels like a science experiment is happening in your mouth. When we went to see Tim Minchin, do you remember he had a go at Aeros? Because there were mainly air that you were buying, not chocolate at all. I didn't know mm-hmm. that they were called Watsits. You thought they were called what? Watsit. Watsit. But yeah. they're Watsits. You or are... maybe it is a Watsit... But there are lots of them, so it's what's-its. Oh, yes, plural of what of a what's-it. Yeah. Um, I thought, a bit like you, I thought there was a Z in there. Mm. And also, um, it says here for 30 grams serving, and this is 36 grams, it's 148 calories. So I would imagine this is about 160, which is slightly marginally less than you yeah. said. Yeah, which okay. Which makes me feel marginally better, better about myself. And you didn't eat them all either. No. Um, go and buy a bag, folks, and <laughs> let us know what you think. So, I watched a really fab documentary yeah, cool. based on, on someone, something that somebody told me. You know, I, I love music documentaries. I don't really mind if I like the band or I don't like the yes, band. Yes, I mean, all I, bands I just, are interesting because utterly how they got to where they get to is fascinating. The, the chances of you becoming a successful musician yeah. are so tiny. Yeah. The chances of four people coming together and creating something that then goes on to become a success is so unbelievably slim. The chances that four brothers would come together and make music that would go on for their lives and beyond 
is so unbelievably rare that it's just a it's like a scientific miracle that this mm. music documentary. So it's mm. a documentary about the Bee Gees. Now I have never really liked the Bee Gees. My first introduction to the Bee Gees was through Kenny Everett singing Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> right? So oh. I just always saw them as a parody of, of pop music, really. Can, Not, go on. Can we quickly explain who mm. Kenny Everett was for anybody that, oh, yeah, that's sure. listening who might not have known? Because he died quite a long time ago. Yeah, the 90s, and I think. And he was a Capital Radio DJ mm-hmm. who then went on to start... Radio um, 1 he went on to as well, of course. He was... Oh, I don't yeah. think it was Radio One first, and then oh, went maybe. to Capital or Vice. Yeah. But I think he was on the original boat, wasn't he? The, Hang on, I'm uh, yeah, do some research. But he I'm was a do some research. very famous and so DJ. Funny, hugely hilarious. Wrote all his own sketches and skits on on air. It was completely prolific and, and and a revolutionary DJ, who then got his own TV show called the Kenny Everett oh, Show. Oh my god, that, you have got to be kidding! Yeah, <laughs> yes, and it's all done in the most. I'd, um, Impossible. It's all done in the best possible taste. The best possible taste. He dressed up as a woman all the time, didn't he? And it was hidden at the time, but he was uh, he was gay. Um, and then gradually, as the world got more and more liberal, or the Western world got more and more liberal, he came out. Uh, and very sadly, I think he died he of AIDS. Contracted HIV. Yeah, uh, and died, died of AIDS. AIDS. Um, but he was amazing. But this TV show, he dressed up as the Bee Gees and would sing Massachusetts. And I used to think, my dad, I'd say, what is this? And he'd say, he's pretending to be the Bee Gees. And i think, what are the Bee Gees? And then, of course, you realise you know this Bee Gees music. Um, but I had no idea about their history or where they came from. So I think they were born in the UK, raised in Australia first. They were all amazingly musically talented and were writing records and had some success in Australia as very young lads. Um, but they never sounded like the Bee Gees. They sounded like a regular band. They sounded but, a but lot this like... Is, this is what's weird, because you told me about this, mm. that when you say they didn't sound like the Bee Gees, you mean they were not singing falsetto. <laughs> so they were singing... Regular. In a, in a regular yeah. octave? Yeah, yeah, I would in a, say. In a, in a regular kind of key. In a regular a range. A low, normal yes. range. And they were doing harmonies, which they were very good at, but they yes. played the instruments really well, and they wrote really good songs. So, as good as the Beatles, like, they were that good. And then they decided to come back to Britain, and I think they came back to Manchester originally, um, but you'd have to watch the documentary. And then they started having some success here, and they had a few big singles as the Bee Gees, but not sounding anything like the Bee Gees that you know. Um, and then... You know, they were getting number one hits of one thing or another. And then so them... they were hugely popular, even without the falsetto yes. voices. Yeah. And I think they were doing world tours and stuff like that. And for yeah. whatever reason, it stopped. Like, they just became unpopular. They became a slight parody of themselves and one thing or another. And then they go back to playing working men's clubs in <gasps> Manchester. Wow. Uh, and then they're all a bit fed up with doing all the rest of it. And then, for some reason, someone asks them, someone buys the rights to a, to a, a movie that's called something like the Tribal Gangs of New York on a Saturday night. And this slowly evolves into Saturday Night Fever. And mm. this guy rings Barry Gibb and says, can you give us four or five songs? We're making a, this movie and it needs some music. And he writes for him, uh, Staying Alive. Disco, and, like proper deep yes. disco. And uh, they just crack out these songs, but demos, you know, but they play the demos in the documentary and you go... Wow, yeah, I mean, but they're who, so funny. Are they falsetto at this point, and how did that happen? No, I don't think so. There's this great moment in it where 
they're, they're singing a song regularly, and, and one of the producers says to Barry Gibb, just scream at the end, you know, and he goes, ah, like that. <laughs> and they all go like, oh my God, like do that again. And he does it again, and they go, we've got to build a song around that. So, was that that, ah, ah, that's, ah, ah, that's staying that. alive? <laughs> staying alive. Oh, uh, so, hang on. Yeah. That was low key. That was Good. not bad, that. I know, yeah. I know. Accidental um, harmony. Anyway, I have to say, it's a bloody brilliant documentary because what you go on to find about them is that although that goes on to be the biggest selling album in the history of pop music ever, oh my God. Saturday Night Fever. Really? It goes on to be nominated for Oscars. It sells 18 million copies. No. Yeah. They become massively famous all over the world, but there is one DJ in America who hates disco and he hires an enormous... Um, baseball park and he invites everybody to come to this baseball park and burn their disco records I know and hate on disco and everybody goes there I'm not going to ruin the rest of the story for you but go and watch that because it's a real turning point in in kind of America's popular cultural history and the people the types of people that go and burn their disco records and the types of records that are getting burned that are not entirely disco is really telling it's Fantastic, and you realise that what the oh, Bee Gees, I think I know where you're going. What the Bee Gees did actually mm. was bring all sorts of groups together. Mm. The gays loved them. The black people loved them. Yeah. People from all sorts of different like walks of life. Everybody. Poor people, I completely rich people. agree. I completely and agree. Across all cultures, absolutely. All, yeah. And loads of people thought these guys yeah. were black anyway. They yeah. were black people dancing to white music. Yeah. It was fantastic, and they got absolutely annihilated. Yeah. Um, so then they can't they can't make a record as the Bee Gees anymore. So they go on to writing music for other who people. Who do they write for? Pointer Sisters. Like they must have done Diana Ross, wow. Barbara Streisand. Like you, are, I'm not going to tell you any more about can it. It is unbelievable is, just... the success that they had across not just like one decade, their entire lives. And of course, yeah. one of them is still alive. I'm going to um, take a picture yeah. of Michael right now because smile for me. He looks a bit like a Bee Gees, so I'm going to post that on the Entel app. Yeah, I look like Barry in his heyday, which yeah. I have to say, when you watch the documentary, do, do you, you see like him. him. Yeah. When you see him. <laughs> well, all, and what I'm actually going to say is you see somebody who looks like he's been made in a laboratory. He's perfect. A laboratoire. He's got the really? greatest physique you've ever Has seen. Has he got a hairy chest? He's got the best hairy oh chest. God, shut up. Right? He's got broad shoulders. And this is before waist, any kind of waxing. An amazing beard. No complexion. And the hair. The hair. Wow. He is a it's god. blow dried to perfection. Is it? It's unbelievable. Anyway, they've got brilliant uh, talking head interviews with their previous wives, Lulu, which you didn't know, yes, was married yes. to Maurice. Yes, to Maurice. Um, um, and are got, they yeah. as lovely as they seem? Please it, tell me they're nice people. It is a fantastic hour, hour and it, 59 minutes, I think it is. Mm. Um, and I'd like you to watch it and see mm. for yourself. Okay. But I loved them, and I loved oh. the story, and oh. it is utterly brilliant on every level, and you do not need to like the Bee Gees to watch this documentary. Mm. So it's a great recommendation And a, and a really interesting piece of cultural history. Um, it really is, I mm. think, because my kids kept bobbing in and watching it with me, and they knew, weirdly, they knew all the songs because they're in... All sorts everywhere. of animated TikTok. movies. Yeah, they're on the radio. Yeah. They're, they're here, there and everywhere. And even if they are, they've been parodied over the years. It doesn't really matter. It's like, it's everywhere. Um, but I've got to say, I know every single Bee Gees song yeah. post-Saturday um, Night Fever because they're so iconic. Yeah. I'm they just, are everywhere. I'm just going to find the actual name 
Um, it's called The Bee Gees, How Can I Mend a Broken Heart? Okay, um, great. And uh, I can't, I haven't got a connection to the Wi-Fi, so I can't know what it gets on IMDb. I can but quickly it's tell over, you about Kenny Everett. Yeah, please do. That'd be great. He was born on December the 25th, 1944, in wow. Liverpool. And um, he was a writer and an actor. And then he went on to work on um, Capital Radio. Um, and he was also worked with Cleo Rockus. Oh, that was it. Yeah, she was cle- yeah, on the show. Yes. And he had so many catchphrases. I think I got a couple of them wrong earlier. Yeah. But anyway, it was a very, very funny TV programme. Very irreverent, very naughty. And I mm. remember thinking when I was a little girl, oh my God, I really shouldn't be watching this, but this is the funniest thing um, I've, ever, I've ever watched. He died aged 50, 1995, wow. of um, HIV-related mm-hmm. AIDS. So that's really sad. Uh, the Bee Gees documentary, How... Uh, how can you mend a broken heart? And it says here the exploration of the history of the Bee Gees featured revealing interviews with oldest brother Barry Gibb and archival interviews with late brothers Robin and Maurice. And there's another brother, of course, who sadly died. Um, and just to give you some of the interviews, uh, Eric Clapton, Mark Ronson, Noel Gallagher, uh, wow. Lulu, wow. Uh, Nick Jones. Um, yeah, there's just some fantastic talking heads in mm. there. Chris Martin, Justin Timberlake. Um, all of them absolutely touched by the music mm. and, and the brilliance in the songwriting. So I'm, I'm yeah. pleased. I'm pleased that they've ended iconic. Yes, I'm me too. I'm pleased that they didn't have that career and mm. then just disappear because that would have been an injustice. Well, one of the great bits of it is you get Barry Gibb as he is now because he's the only mm. remaining Beatle. That's Beatle, sad, isn't it? He's lost all his brothers. And, That's really um, sad. It's really fascinating just seeing somebody talk openly and honestly about their life when, one, they know it's probably coming to an end soonish. Mm. All their brothers have gone and they've all had this utterly unique journey throughout mm. their, their life. And Well, funny, oh. we were reviewing that mm. um, website about recording the oh, family yeah, yeah. history, you know, in a funny kind of way. This That's documentary is doing exactly that mm. for his kids and his kids' yeah. kids. And Anyway, I hope, I hope you really enjoy it because it's fantastic. Um, right, I want to quickly touch on, it, it won't take too long, yeah, yeah, but great. it was a film that I really, really enjoyed watching, and it was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. <laughs> and I wasn't like, are you laughing at the This is a hell of a name, that, isn't it? When you go and pitch a movie and they go, what's it called? And you say that and they go, that's never going to work. So, I mean, I had to look it up to remember it. All yeah. I can remember is the Ten Rings, but um, it is... And I was a bit like, oh, do I want to watch it? I thought that the lead actor might look a bit soft mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure how good it was. It was magnificent. It's always good, mm-hmm. I think, when you go to a film and you are slightly thinking it might not be that great, but yeah. I was going for Chester's birthday. Yes. Because you are never upset then or disappointed mm-hmm. because you're not expecting anything. Well, it rates eight on IMDb. Oh, great. Um, and it's two hours, 12 minutes, but you literally do not notice the two hours, 12 no, minutes. If it's it, over seven, it can be over two hours. Oh, okay, Does thank the you. deal, yeah. Um, it's got an amazing cast. Um, the lead actor, actor, having said, oh, I thought he looked a bit soft, was actually perfectly cast. He was completely brilliant. His dad is really scary and um, frightening, but the lead actor's also got a friend of his who is... Um, Asian, but she's um, she's a New Yorker, and she doesn't kind of you know get the whole kind of Asian culture thing, 
and it's just really funny watching them kind of dip into the really ancient kind of world that mm-hmm. his family grew up in the Chinese um, side and they go to Macau which is weirdly where oh of course Matilda we've, we've got a friend, lives. There, we've got yeah. a friend there and um, he then reconnects with his sister his sister is badass like she is amazing mm-hmm. and they both have um, a kind of problem with their dad and their dad wants them back but for, for a bad reason okay. and this thing evolves I don't want to give too much yeah, of yeah, it yeah, away yeah. but there is the weirdest cameo in it and it was so interesting going to see it with mm-hmm. Chester because sort of halfway through the film Ben Kingsley pops up yep of course and he's being kept prisoner um in his dad's castle to sort of entertain like a jester, like a court jester. But it it was the weirdest thing. But he ended up being absolutely hilarious in it. And Chester leant over to me at one point during the film. And Ben Kingsley, I would hazard to say, was the most famous person in that film. Mm -hmm. He was the one huge name in it. Mm -hmm. Leans over to me and he goes, this guy's quite good. (laughs) This guy's really funny. And when when we left the movie, I said, what was your favourite bit? And he went... Ben Kingsley. So it was just amusing then afterwards explaining to Chester and going through all the different films that Ben Kingsley had done Mm -hmm. and realising, you know, he's done Sexy Beast, he's done Gandhi and he's done comedy in a Marvel film. I mean, he's... Yeah. He's unbelievable, really, when you think of his career and how brilliant he is. And that here's a 15-year-old boy and the best thing out of that whole movie was Ben Kingsley being funny. I thought, Christ, that's just ridiculous. Anyway, it's a brilliant film to go and see. Okay. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. Go to the cinema, people, because cinemas are empty. There is mm-hmm. literally no one there. It's fantastic to go and sit in the cinema. Lots of space, tons of seats free, mm-hmm. and we really need to support film. Oh, yes, I totally agree. I've been to the cinema two or three times mm. in um, recent weeks. It's just such a nice experience, mm. isn't it? I absolutely love it. Um, we were at, we went to the opera a couple of years ago. Yes. And Ben Kingsley was there. Yes. And I very nearly went over and said hello, thinking that I knew him. Um, oh my God, I've got to talk about what so happened. Can, yeah. yeah, well, the, this is going to segue into that. Yeah. So I saw him and I thought, hey, you all right? And then I thought, oh, no, I don't know, do I? You're Gandhi. <laughs> um, should have said that, shouldn't I? Oh, you were great, you know, helping all those people. Um but tell everybody what happened to you today, because it was bloody hilarious. Um, so me and Michael and Cheryl, Cheryl's uh, my makeup artist, were all sat at the airport waiting to board our plane. And I had my mask down because I was drinking a coffee. And this man strides over to me and he says, hi. And I say, hi. And he says, it's me. And he pulls down his mask. And I think, I still don't know who you are. And then he gave me a kiss after he'd pulled down his yes. mask, kissed me on the cheek, and he went, it's lovely to see you. And I said, do I know you? And he went, yes, of course you know me. And he went, it is you, isn't it, Penny? And I went, no, it's not Penny. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd gone in for the full kiss and everything. Oh, and even worse, I was sat down and he was standing. So it was kind of a lean-in, like, kiss, like proper well, kiss. Well, not only that, was mm. that quite a number of people had recognised you so a lot of people was watching as well this yes. whole interaction going yes. on 
It was very oh, ballsy of him to go ballsy. to somebody that he kind of pretty sure he knows and then to kiss them. Yes. I was like, and then his friends wow. all went, he always does this. I went, <laughs> <Yeah>. does he? <laughs> Carol Vorderman's got a restraining act on him. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was very, very funny. funny. And then he was completely unembarrassed by Oh, which the situation. was so lovely because it, it like, made it oh, much easier for me. Yeah, sorry. God, I thought you were Paula. You know, and it was like... <laughs> I thought, oh, he handled that very he well. He styled it out. He totally did. So, mm. I mean, he's unlikely to be listening to this, but if you mm. are, mm. whatever your name is, uh, well Andrew. done. Was it Andrew? Yes. Um, well, Penny, you did a wonderful Thank job you. of handling that. Thank you. I have to call you Penny for the rest of this, uh, I quite like rest the of this name, trip. Penny. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know where to begin. I'm going to begin with the BBC iPlayer, and I watched a thing called Parkinson at 50. Now, we started to watch this a while back, and we, it, did. we, we didn't bite down on it, really. We didn't, but, really. No, because his son interviewed him. I didn't realise that his son had produced, I think, and directed the last series of Parkinson. Um, but his son interviewed him in this kind of, I guess, trying to be a bit like his dad-type situation. And it, to me, it just kind of didn't really work, I don't think. Um, but then they went on to do um, a lot of... Um, archival interviews with Parky throughout the years god they were so good um obviously you've got all the Muhammad Ali stuff in there and you've got Emu um, no not Rod Holden Emu you know the classic Billy Connolly stuff but there's a brilliant brilliant bit with Peter Ustinov now oh I totally remember this so do you know who Peter Ustinov yes. was or yes is? yeah so who was he because I don't really know he was an actor really famous he? actor yeah but um there's a bit in it where um Parkinson's walking through the corridors of the BBC ready to go to make his show and um Dudley Moore is walking through the corridors as well of course so Dudley Moore says oh you've got Peter Ustinov on can I come and sit in the audience and he says yeah great please do so he comes to the audience and then they have this interview, which is really fun and jolly and everything, because he's a quite a big, kind of jolly-looking chap, Peter Ustinov. And then Dudley Moore says, I just wanted to meet you, and he comes out of the audience to meet him. And then he says, play the piano, Dudley. You know, So Dudley sits at the piano and starts playing, and then Peter Ustinov starts singing, and they start Stop riffing it. opera, like proper full-on operatic singing, both of them, as Dudley is just making stuff up on the piano. It is a, it's the, one of the greatest bits of television I have ever seen. And it's... Is it one, is it one doc that we were watching? Pa- Parkinson at 50 is, is, is the one, one document. Whole thing. So if but, I was, to, but could we go and find that bit on yes, YouTube? Yes, we can. And um, off the back of that, the BBC are running Parky's all-time best interviews. Oh, great. So all the Muhammad Ali ones are in one chunk. All the Billy Connolly ones are in one on chunk. On the iPlayer? On the iPlayer at the moment. There's loads of stuff. But there is one particular interview, and I haven't got the name of it in front of me, that he says Parky's greatest interview, and it's um, from a, a Jewish, um, I think a Jewish professor who goes to visit Auschwitz and makes a documentary about it, and Parky interviews about it, and he says, it's the best, most meaningful, brilliant interview I ever did with anybody, hands wow. down. And I haven't watched that interview yet, but that is also on the iPlayer for you to watch, and I'd, I mean... I'm going to watch it, obviously, and then maybe I'll talk about it next week. But the whole thing, you know, they're obviously celebrating Parky at the Frankel. BBC. It's not Victor Frankl, no. no. Um, I can't remember who it was. I mean, I'll easily be able to find out. But, um, mm. but I'll maybe talk about it next week. But it's just, just a very, you, very moving um, bit about... filmography... Oh, yes, please do. ...of Peter Eustonoff. Yes. Um, Spartacus, Death on the Nile, Billy Budd, Logan's Run. Wow, I remember that. Um, 
Luther, Salem Witch Trials, Victoria and Albert. These are all really old films. Yeah. Animal Farm. Oh, is it? Animal um, Farm. Alice in Wonderland. The Orson Welles movie, I presume. Lorenzo's Oil. Um, anyway, he's yeah. he's prolific. But one of the other interviews oh, is Orson Welles, of course, that Parkey interviewed. Which, uh, it's just brilliant. These people don't exist anymore, and I don't even know if they've ever been replaced by anybody. I, 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 I feel them, like... Mm. Um, I mean, I think Piers Morgan is as close as you'll get to an yeah. interviewer okay. who yeah. is not trying to look funny or anything, mm. but Piers Morgan is still a kind of celebrity in himself. There's not mm. an interviewer. I felt that Parky had no ego. Yeah. Parky did not want to mm. be a star at all. Yeah. He brought no ego to any interview at all. Yeah. So it's a, it, it, for that, it's, it's a slightly odd comparison for Piers Morgan, but... I, I because totally because he, yeah. I think Piers Morgan has always had a sort of yearning to oh, be yes. in the public eye, um, and he and you know whether you love him or hate him, he's he's done very well, and so there is a little bit of that in his life stories, but the, his is as close as possible, yeah, as you could get to a serious interview, yeah. an in-depth interview with someone. I totally agree, but we are missing an egoless interviewer. Mm. Yeah, well, I was thinking that because all the time I, I, I was mean, I, lo- I love Graham Norton. Yeah, yeah, and and he doesn't really have an ego, but his is a lot more comedy. You yeah, don't yes. you don't get to the nitty gritty no. of someone. Parky got to the real nitty gritty mm. of people into their real Kirsty Kirsty Young. Yeah, would be great, the person she? because totally she agree. she was amazing. Yeah. She, in fact, she's she would be Parky. Yeah, she's got no ego. She does tons of research. She goes forensic. Yeah. Uh, she went forensic on people on Desert Island Discs. And she has great compassion and empathy and intellect. And I, those three things make a great interviewer, don't they? Yes, I to- totally agree. Mm. She, she, I mean, she's really missed at the moment. I don't oh, know what God, she's I miss her so much. Moment, can, she go back? can you come back to work, please? Please, can uh, you come back Kirsty. to work, Kirsty? Um, a couple of shout-outs. Have you got any, anything else for us at the moment? Um, I've got loads, but I'm going to save that for next week. I mean, okay. it's great. Like We've got lots of stuff to talk about at the moment. We've been away. Um, lots of people watched the documentary, The 9-11, The War Rooms. Oh, back good. And just said how great it was. Um, someone here, Jackie, Jackie Day, says, Great podcast again. Thank you. You two make me laugh. Which, <laughs> great. Oh, my God, picking teeth with paper. Yeah, sorry, remember I yeah, did Yeah, mind that. the paper cuts. Yeah. She's right. Um, uh, it says, I usually help at Dine with Davina. Oh! Uh, I hope Are you again. coming, Jackie? Uh, not sure as yet, uh, but you would get my vote any time for best presenter <laughs> and new up-and-coming presenter, MD. Great. Yeah, they should have had a new up-and-coming podcast at the National Television Awards, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel Domit did a great job, didn't oh, he? God, I know you talked about Joel brilliant. last week. And um, I, I, I paid particular attention at the NTAs to his work, and he did a fantastic job. And you know what's it's extra hard whole, at the NTA? It's job. a very difficult job to present that, yeah. because on telly it looks absolutely amazing, but when you're presenting it in the room, not one single person is listening to a word you say. Yes. We're all talking. It's terrible. You've got to play it for the yeah, camera, basically. Yeah, play it for the camera. Um, so this is Helena underscore author. Helen Lacey. Oh, is it Helen Lacey? Oh, it's got a name underneath that. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you. It says, just caught up on the new episodes. Love to have you back again. Just wanted to recommend a couple of things that you may well 
already be aware of. One is of a show I know you've both seen, Come From Away, but is now available on Apple <gasps> TV. Oh! That's brilliant, isn't it? So we recommended Come From Away about two years ago. We went to see it. It's a musical here in, it's in so good. London. Um, but Helen is saying it's Apple TV. My 12-year-old son absolutely loved it. God, that's great. My other re- a recommendation, you talked about the Berlin Wall in a previous episode as a podcast account. It's absolutely incredible that you would Ooh. love it. It's on the BBC Sounds. Let me just press the link there and see where we got um, intrigue it's called intrigue and yeah. episode one is tunnel 29 the escape oh it sounds wow. good it does sound good doesn't it, it sounds good thanks very much for that thank Helena. you that's fantastic uh let me skim down here what have we got here just watch this amazing documentary yeah, i got loads of messages about the war room stuff you know it was amazing samantha Wright, 72 has sent us a poem um it says love after love the time will come when, with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door, in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other and welcome, and say hi, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you. All your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart, take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes, Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit, feast on your life. That was Derek Walcott. He sounds like a footballer. Theo's um, brother, yeah, Derek. Yeah. But that's a great, a great poem, and it probably runs Look off the us. back We're of... We're getting very highbrow. Yeah, yeah, well, it runs off that, that roomy poem, I think, yeah. that I, I read out last week. And I've went, gone on to explore a few books of his, so there's some great books you can look at from Rumi. Oh, well, t- um, tell us about that next week. Yes, I will. Because um, that's worth a proper mention, I think. Yeah, I, me too. Well, I'd quite like to uh, dig around and have a little look. And then Natalie, uh, Natbags2001, says, I've just watched Coda with my son. What a brilliant film. Got Thanks it. for the recommendation. Yeah. So we've had a few people that have recommended Coda. Yeah. Um, and the other one is White... White Lotus. White Lotus. Everybody is talking about yeah. that. And White we, Lotus, and we haven't watched it, and we've no. got to do it. Can we watch that here? Yeah, we can watch it here. Okay. Um, but we've, I know we've had a lot of recommendations for White Lotus from our listeners, not mm. just from people outside it. Mm. So we will get around to watching that. For those that you've seen it and recommended it to us, thank you. Thank you. We have heard nothing but great things. Um, great. You've got to go down for a meeting, right? I have. Um, you're st- are you allowed to, when's this new show going to go out? Do you know? January. January can't really talk about it. We can't talk about no. it? No. Um, I'll find out tonight if we can talk yeah. about it, but I don't think we can yet. Okay. It's too filthy, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> it's too hardcore. No. It's, just, yeah. it's not that. It not that? It's just a secret. Okay. Uh, but it's funny. I'm, one of the things I'm worried about is that I have to do your hair in the morning. Yes. And then you go to work. And then yeah. we get like three or four hours after in the yes. day. And then... I'm going to swim. You're going to swim in some I'm going to get I wet. To do your hair twice a day. Yes. I'm thinking of... I wonder if there's continuity issues about doing your hair in the no, morning. No, there isn't. Evening. Is there not? No, different outfit. Different outfit? Yep. So we could do like a down-do for the day. In the morning. And up-do for the And then up-do for the evening. Oh, great. Yes! I'm very excited. I brought the headscarves and little things that we could maybe do. Oh, I love headscarves. Yeah, yes. I brought some like little messy top knots with headscarves yes, tied yes, into yes, them. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah? See. So you feel like a... Spanish. A Spanish. But not allowed to culturally appropriate. No, I'm not allowed to or do the Spanish cancelled. accent. No. No, I mean, okay. you can get cancelled. No, I don't you, want to get cancelled. I'd rather you didn't, because I quite like presenting this with you. Yeah. Would it be bad if I did your hair wearing a sombrero or holding a donkey? Yes. 
Okay. Unless it was a piñata full of sweets, yeah. in which case it's a game. <laughs> I, I think we're one. allowed to culturally appropriate that. A piñata full of what's-its. Yes. You can break it open. Um, hey, it's nice to talk to everybody. Uh, we'll be doing another one of these out here. Yes, um, we will. And I'll also do a couple of hair t- clinics for out here as well, oh, if you're great. interested. So on my Instagram, I don't know when, but I will put it on my stories. Oh, that's such I'm a good do, idea. Yeah, well, while I'm out here, I might as well get on with doing bits of work. And, yeah, great. You know, trying to help people out with their hair. So, um, thanks everybody. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 